Hi, I'm Julianne Hartman, and welcome to The Journey. Today's show is about my friend Colleen Yamarino. Now, Colleen had a, a very crazy life growing up. Not only did she have a similar background like mine with an alcoholic father, very dysfunctional, but she was pregnant at 15. She was married several times to men that were very abusive to her. It is an incredible story that you don't want to miss. Not only did she have all of those problems, but she also ended up with the worst back pain that anybody could ever live with, screaming in pain most days with her back. She was finally diagnosed with RSD. And so because of that, she had to take many, many uh, medications to try to just at least keep her in a state where she could function, at least just be alive. So I can't wait for you to see part one of Colleen Yamarino's story. Well, Colleen, thank you so much for coming on the journey. These people that are watching this show are going to be so blessed by your story. Thank you so much. What a privilege and an honor just to be here. Thank you. Well, what's so cool about this is that we kind of have similar backgrounds as far as our childhood goes. Mm -hmm. So I want you to go into your story a little bit about your family and, and where you're from, too. And, uh, you know, what was the dynamic going on and what was your belief system at home? Okay. Um, well, I'm originally from Northeast Ohio. Uh, I was born and raised there and I lived there my entire life until about almost five years ago uh, until we moved to Colorado. And um, so... Uh, in my family, um, I had two older brothers and an older sister, so I was the baby of the family. Um, they were me not expecting, yeah, they were not expecting me. <laughs> so, but God knew I would be here, right? But they didn't. Um, and uh, unfortunately, um, things were going very wrong with my mom and my dad. Um, and uh, now, of course, I didn't know this until later in life, but. My mom and dad had, uh, they were in the middle of a divorce when my mother found out she was pregnant with me. And so when that um, came to light, uh, back then they said, there's no way you're getting a divorce until you have this child. And we rec highly recommend that you try to, you know, um, get back together and make things work, right? And so the divorce proceedings were off. Here I come. My dad doesn't think I belong to him um, because, you know, what? wait, wait, hold on <laughs> that. Okay. That in itself, there's a trust issue going on. Why yeah. do you think it, he, you belong to him? Well, my dad was an alcoholic okay. and he drank a lot, um, you know, and he was, he was never open, you know, about, what was going on in his life or what made him go down this path or whatever. Um, but he drank a lot. Um, my mom was working outside of the home, you know, to try to help with the finances. And even though my dad knew that's why, you know, she was working at that time, it was like women trying to move forward. Like that was a really big deal. And, you know, I think it, it made him feel insecure, like he wasn't enough. And, you know, so he would act out and then she's acting out and they, it was just, it was constant screaming and fighting. And now 
both my older brothers and my sister, you know, have shared stories with me that I didn't know about because, you know, I hadn't been born yet. And so it was not good. You know, they were beaten uh, a lot physically and just the fighting and everything. And then so when they found out that my mom found out she was pregnant, of course, my dad accused her it was by someone else. Right. And it wasn't. It wasn't. All you had to do is when I started getting older is look at me and look at my dad. Right. But it's like he couldn't he just couldn't give in, you know, so I'm sure the enemy at that time just bombarded his mind with thoughts, you know, and uh, so because of that, we did not have a relationship you know, together, because he would look at me and think, well, you're not mine. Why should I have anything to do with you? Right. Oh, so, um, you know, it, it was, uh, I didn't realize that, though, until I was a little bit older, right? Because when I was younger, I remember him holding me, I see, you know, him holding me in pictures and things like that. But that's when I, I later found out as I started getting a little bit older, um, so they did try to work things out for a while, you know, after they had me. Um, but by the time I was six, seven years old, man, it was like World War 20 in our house. And it was just, it was out of control. Um, both my brothers now, because they're seven, eight, and almost seven, eight, and nine years older than I am. So by the time I'm getting six, seven, eight years old, both my brothers are going to Vietnam. So they're leaving home. My yeah. sister ends up uh, living with my dad. So she left. So now it's just my mom and I. So for a couple of years, she tried to make it work, you know, with the house and everything like that. But now, you know, she's got her own small little income trying to make this work and it just wasn't. So by the time I reached 11, my mom just said, honey, you got to go live with your grandma. Uh, I mean, I've got to get this house sold, you know, and uh, it was, I was like, what do you mean I have to go live with my grandmother? You're my mother, you know, but right. she, she couldn't do it. And so I went to live with my grandma, Grandma Birdie was her name. And uh, uh, so before I get into that, um, to kind of back up then, my dad decided at some point, um, after he got out of the service that he tried to go to a, I, I don't know if it was a Methodist or a Lutheran church or something like that. And when he went there, of course it was like nine o'clock at night and their doors were locked and down the street was a Catholic church. And he walked down there and the doors were open. He said, well, apparently this is where God is. And mm -hmm. so he told my mom, we are going to raise our children Catholics. And so that's where that came from. <laughs> and, you know, later in life, I, I did have a conversation with him. And because I said to him, I said, why? Why, why did you want us to be raised Catholics? You know, and, and he told me that story. And I said, you chose a religion <laughs> based on a church door being open? And he said, yeah, I did. You know, if they thought that it was important for people to come and know God, they should have had the door. Uh, that's just how my dad was it's just like, oh, so opinionated, you know. And uh, but anyway, now, by that time, I was already a Christian. Right. And but I was just curious, like, why would you put us through that? And so 
please forgive me, anybody that's Catholic. I know there's a lot of Catholic believers, right, that love Jesus, but man, not when I was growing up. It was rules, regulations, and man, if you got out of line, God was going to get you. You know, um, I mean, he was going to hurt you. Uh, all, all these terrible things that we grew up thinking about God. And um, so that's kind of how I grew up. Well, a similar background with that, because we were told that, you know, God was a punisher. And so, you know, we weren't Catholic, but we had gone to uh, Catholic churches when it was, you know, Christmas or Easter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so that's what, and that was back then. I know things are different now, uh, but yeah. they, but back then it was very strict. And then you didn't even know what they were saying because they were speaking another language. Latin. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. so uh, then now you go to, to, well, let me ask you a question. What does it feel like to be shipped off to grandma's house? Like, did you feel, you know, were you sad? You did you and your mom have this great relationship, and now you're devastated because she's like, "Okay, bye." You know, you're. I can't deal with you right now. You have to go to the grandma's. No, um, we didn't have a really super close um, relationship, and you know, I never understood why as a young girl. Um, uh, I mean, she would do special, nice little things for me. So don't. I mean, you know we would have like every Friday night at our house was a party, but that was for my two older brothers and my sister, right? They were so much older and she allowed them to have their friends over to have a party. (coughs) Excuse me. And uh, so on those nights, I got to go upstairs into her bedroom and I'd get an ice cream sundae or something like that. So, I mean, she did nice little things, you know, for me and for the other, my brothers and sister. But when when the kids, other kids started leaving, you know, that my two brothers going to Vietnam and my sister going to live with my dad. I mean, it just crushed her. She was like, uh, it, all she could see was her whole family falling apart. And so now here I am, but for her, she's just trying to deal with her own life, you know, uh, issues. And, you know, she was raised uh, Christian to know Christ. But then for my dad, right, she said, okay, I'll, you know, convert to Catholicism. So I can only imagine the fight on the inside of her heart, right? Knowing that Jesus is, is, you know, her salvation, but yet going to church, it's never talked about that Jesus is your salvation in the Catholic church. Not when I grew up anyway. Right. And so by the time that she was telling me I'm going to go live with, you know, um, my grandmother, Um, she was pretty messed up. You know, she was like, felt like a failure. Um, It was all about her friends now, because they were the people around her encouraging her. She was all about trying to promote now a career and do something with herself. And, uh, and then she couldn't afford the house. And so that's why she was like, you've got to go somewhere where I know you're going to be taken care of. Right. So I think from her deep down in her heart, she knew that grandma would take care of me. All right. I'd be fed. I'd have a roof over my head and she wouldn't let anything really bad happen to me. Um, But at the same time, I was like, I felt totally rejected. I'd already felt rejected by my dad, but 
you know, then my brothers left and my sister left and, you know, not understanding anything. I, the, I think the devil at that point, even when you're young, he starts planting these seeds in your head, you know, like, well, boy, Colleen, that's the time to get to you when you are young. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. you don't know. And I was just going to say that you see how he just started laying that foundation for you to fail. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's really because just that rejection at such an early age like that, which I totally understand because I had it too. Yeah. Now you're now think of it this way. You're rejected, not just by your dad, but by your mom as well. Mm-hmm. So where, you know, where, so now you become this orphan. Almost. Yeah. I, yeah. You kind of feel like that, you know, yeah. and, I get to my grandmother's house and I know she loves me, but you know, she's already pretty well in age. Um, because like I said, I was like, they didn't think they were going to have any more children. So, you know, my mom was in her thirties when she had me. <clears throat> and so, um, you know, I, I go to live with grandma and, uh, and I'm like, okay, so now what, you know, and then she tells me I have to stay up till a certain time because I can't get up early in the morning because they sleep in. And, you know, now my whole little life is like turned upside down. And I'm like, what do you mean I have to stay up till the 11 o'clock news is over? <laughs> I'm like, I could care less about the news. What are you doing to me? Right. Um, but so now I had this whole new set of rules, right? That I'm like, oh my gosh. And um, uh, so anyway, I got through that somehow. I think it was because I met some new friends, right? And so right at that time is when my mom also pulled me out of the Catholic school and put me in a public school. So, I mean, I went from wearing uniforms every day you know, structure, this is what you do when you get in there, you do this after that, you go to mass then, and then you go back to your class, and then you do this, and and if you do that, man, you know, put the knuckles out, you get it, and I mean, all this stuff, and then she says, now you're going to go to a public school, and I'm like, what's that? <laughs> so, you know, I get thrown into a public school, and I'm like a little flower on the wall. I have no idea what to do. People are talking about things that I've never heard of, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, <gasps> and people think I'm, and I'm really tall for my age. So between 11 and 12, I was almost as tall as I am now. So is, I was pretty tall. I was, tall almost, I was almost five foot seven. Oh my God. In sixth grade. And then I only grew another inch, inch and a half, right? After that. So, I mean, I'm up here and everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the giant, you know, and, uh, <clears throat> but I managed to meet a couple of, you know, friends that were in the neighborhood. Um, but that's when, that's when the devil just really got into my life and uh, learning how to steal, lie, you know, because my friends, that's what they did. And I was like, oh my gosh, you shouldn't lie. You'll go to hell if you lie. You know, all these things. And they're like, who told you that, right? (laughs) And so um, my life went through a whole nother phase of being with my grandmother, right? And probably your grandma was older, so she really wasn't paying as much attention as you. Exactly. Oh no, she did. And you know, she came from a much older generation. She came from you know, working in World War One. Yes. And so, 
It was, she was all about hoarding everything because she was so afraid she would never have enough. Right. And, um, but thank God that my mom did send me to live with her. That was the very first person I ever heard talk about Jesus loving you. I'd never heard that before in Catholic school, Catholic church, nothing. And, uh, but my mother told her that she was never to take me to her church. And she was like, what do you mean? Why not, Dorothy? <laughs> it's like, she said, she is a Catholic and she is not going to your church. Well, she snuck me to church a couple of times, right? Because I wanted to go. As soon as I heard my mom say I couldn't do it, I was like, why not? I want to go. <laughs> and so, you know, that's sin, right? When you're sin conscious, it's like <laughs> you, you go for it. And so she did. She let, she let me come a couple of times. And I remember the biggest difference is that Jesus was not on the cross. In the Catholic church, Jesus was still hanging on the cross. But here I was like, why is the cross empty? Where's Jesus? I mean, isn't that funny as a little girl? You're like, where's Jesus? Yes. You know, isn't he supposed to be there? And, you know, and that was the first time I heard anything very different outside of what I had known before. So those were the first, I think, little seeds that the Lord was planting in my heart. But it, it didn't mean anything to me because I, she couldn't keep taking me right? There was, and, and I never accepted the Lord. I didn't even know what that even meant, wow. but those were like some of the first seeds of knowing that there was something different besides Catholicism. So now you're, uh, you're, you're learning a little bit about Jesus, but now you have a friend group that's uh, probably pulling you more towards the sinful life. Okay. Uh, you said you were stealing. Were you also drinking, doing drugs and all that stuff? Not yet. Thank God. Not yet. <laughs> but that happened a couple years later. So I uh, basically was with my grandmother from 11 till a little, little past 12. I wasn't quite 13. Oh, so just almost a year and a half then. Yeah, about a year and a half. Because <clears throat> then my mom found a small little apartment. And, you know, she, I mean, she would come and visit, you know, not a lot, but she would come and visit, um, sometimes stay a weekend, but most of the time it was all for her, it was work and her friends, you know, and so she knew I was with my grandmother, so she was off on her own. <clears throat> and of course, then it angered me, you know, I felt rejected and I was like, why don't you want to be around me? But, you know, as I, when I got saved and the Lord started revealing things to me, I started seeing things in a different light, right? And going, oh my gosh, she must have been so tormented. Mm -hmm. You know, the same with my dad, you know, the, just the torment of, first of all, not my dad, not knowing Christ, my mother knowing him, but now she's not going to live for him because she's going to do this. I can't even imagine what was going on in their hearts and their minds, right? Um, and then, you know, you throw the devil in there and drinking and, you know, all this stuff and their life just exploded. So <clears throat> she comes back, says, I've got a small little apartment. We're going to move there and it's going to be a lot better, you know, and, but by that now this time, I'm pretty much connected to my grandmother, even though I'm doing wrong things. I'm, I trust my grandmother. I feel like I had a safe place to be, right? Mm 
that now it's now she's going to pull me out of that and now take me to this little apartment in the you know a part of town that I've never lived in before <clears throat> and I'm like but mom, I mean, where am I going to go to school? I don't know anybody. Now I'm going from sixth grade to seventh grade, which right? is tough. really vulnerable time, yeah. right? Yeah. And like I said, I'm tall. And, you know, now it's my mom. Weird age anyway. Weird age, yes. <laughs> Imagine and, me, I was redheaded <laughs> back in the 70s. That yeah. didn't go over well. Yeah, no, I, 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 anything anybody can find to pick on you about, they'll pick on you about. I know, trust me, because um, I was real skinny. And so they made fun of me being skinny and um, my teeth were really bad because I, they never took us to the dentist and, you know, oh, oh, and then I had to get glasses. Oh my gosh. You know, I mean, it was just one thing after another. Well, so my mom tells me, well, honey, it'll be okay. Some of my friends that I have met now, they have daughters and sons right around your same age. And I'm like, great. <laughs> I just want to go back to my old friends, right? And so she introduces me, takes me to her friend's houses, right? So I meet some of their children <clears throat> only to find out that they are alcoholics. You know, I mean, literally passing out at seven, eight, nine o'clock at night because they drank a whole fifth of whatever it is that they're drinking. And then, you know, their daughter in one, this one particular family, you know, she's like, come on, don't worry about it. They do that every night. I'm like, what do you mean they do this every night? She's like, come on, just come on back to my bedroom. She's got six pack of beer. She's got her cigarettes, you know, she's got pot. And I'm like, my mind is exploding, you know, this little Catholic girl that just got thrown into public school two years ago, right? And then now here I am and I'm getting ready to go into junior high and I'm, you know, just meeting this girl and she's like going, what do you mean you don't smoke? You don't drink? You don't do <laughs> Like, no, why would I do that? And so starts the peer pressure. Yes. Right? And then she introduces me to other of her friends that of course are doing the exact same thing. Next thing you know, by the time I'm 14, I'm drinking, I'm smoking and I'm smoking pot. And I'm like, and my mother doesn't even notice anything, right? And I'm like, you know, I'd come home and I mean, trust me, <laughs> I knew that there was something wrong with me. She's like, how you doing? And I'm like, I'm good. I'm going to go to my room. Okay. You know, I mean, that's just how it was. She yeah. was, you know, going bowling two and three nights a week with her friends working and, you know, wanting to grow in her career. And, and I mean, that's just, we just kind of went like this and that was it. So now what about, cause with all the drinking, smoking and all that usually comes the boys. So what happened with that? They all go hand in hand, of course. Well, Yeah. Um, but that didn't come until 15 or actually 14. I, I was still 14, but I was about to turn 15. And I met this guy just cute as could be, you know, and uh, in school, in school. Now he was two years uh, uh, ahead of me. 
And so I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this, I'm in what now I'm in uh, going into ninth grade. And so he must have been in 11th or 12th. I think maybe he was getting ready to graduate. And uh, <clears throat> of course, I had never sexually done anything. I didn't even know. I knew nothing, like zero. <laughs> I didn't even know about kissing or anything. And back then, nobody talked about it. Oh, no. At no, all. Ever, ever. And uh, so what happened then was, you know, he and I started dating. And he just really started pressuring me. And I'm like, I don't even know what this is. And he's like, oh, well, don't worry. I'll show you, you know. And I was so naive and felt so rejected by my family. But, you know, here's this guy who's showing me all this attention and telling me how pretty I am. And, you know, oh, he'll love me forever. Right. You know, and I mean, my head is swirling around. And but seriously, I, I didn't know anything. And so, you know, I ended up, you know, having sex with him. And it was a one of the most, it was the worst experience ever. I was like, I don't even understand why anybody wants to do this. I was so messed up. And, you know, and then, you know, my girlfriend, of course, asking me, so did you do it? I'm like, do what? Right? You know? And <laughs> so, of course, I made the mistake of saying yes. Uh. And then she says, now, did you take anything? I said, what do you mean, did I take anything? She goes, well, did he have protection? And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about, right? Oh, my gosh. She says, well, you know you can get pregnant. And I went, what? <laughs> and my poor friends, they're like, you must have grew up under a rock, girl. And uh, I, I said, well, apparently I did. But, you know, and so now I'm going pregnant. That's how you get pregnant? Are you kidding? Well, I got pregnant. So now here I am at 15. And boy, I knew something was up. And I mean, I was not feeling good. And I, you know, first my mom's like, well, you've got some kind of a flu. We'll take you to the doctor. Oh, because you had money. I, I was like, no, 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 that's okay. I'll be fine. Well, I kept throwing up. And so she's like, we're going to the doctor. Oh, going to the doctor. Yeah. And uh, so the doctor goes, so, well, what's your symptoms? <laughs> well, I'm telling, you know, this guy and he's like, I don't think you have the flu. And I said, what do you mean? So he asked me the big question, are you sexually active? Oh my gosh, in front of your mom? In front of my mother. And I said, well, <laughs> I said, I, I did one time. <laughs> of course, my mother about fainted. And he mm -hmm. goes, honey, I think you're pregnant. Oh my gosh, Colleen. So my mother not being a very compassionate, loving <laughs> person <laughs> did not take that news very kindly I mean neither did I I my head was spinning I'm like what does this even mean right now did you did you have a feeling you were pregnant or you or he I, I, yeah no I knew something 
something oh. was different, you know, in inside me. I just didn't know because, you know, now my girlfriend's telling me I could get pregnant, you know, and of course at the beginning, nothing, right? You know, and then I start feeling all this weirdness and stuff. And, you know, I have nobody to talk to. I don't have anybody to ask, well, what did you feel like when you were pregnant? Well, why are you asking at 15 years old, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, <clears throat> so now the real devastation starts to happen because now my mother is like, who's this boy? You know, how could you do this to me? You know, because now I was, I, I was, I was shaming the family. Um, she, you know, her, my mother's hopes was she was taking me to New York so I could be a model. Um, cause I was doing modeling work for her where she worked at and, uh, at the big mall, I would do modeling shows and all kinds of stuff. Cause I was tall, had long blonde hair and I was skinny, you know? And so that's what my mom just assumed I should do for the rest of my life, even though I didn't like it. Um, but it made my mom happy and I got free clothes. I was like, <laughs> good deal, you know? Um, but now, you know, I've ruined her life her reputation, and I've ruined my life. So she made sure that I understood that. So then all the talk started about, well, you're going to have an abortion. And of course, I'm like, first of all, what is that? I didn't know. <clears throat> and when I found that out, I went, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. So you're telling me I have a child inside of me, but you're telling me to go kill it. And of course, she was like, well, no, I'm telling you to have an abortion. I'm like, so if I'm not pregnant after her, I have an abortion. Something is happening to that child. And she's like, well, I guess so. But this is what we're doing. And I went, uh, no, we're not. So I go running to my boyfriend and telling him this. And he goes, yeah, my dad is saying you have to get an abortion. And now I'm looking at him like, uh, what? And I said, so what are you saying? You know? And he was like, well, they told me I can never see you again. <laughs> like, okay, now by this time, seriously, I, I don't even know what to do. I'm like ready to run away from everything and everybody. And, uh, so his parents meet my mother and they all decide I'm going to get an abortion. Okay. So, now <clears throat> I'm going to stop you there because we're out of time. Oh, okay. Yes. So this is that cliffhanger. What did Colleen do? So uh, we are going to be back next week with the continuation of this amazing story. Thank you so much, Colleen, for joining us. And we will be back to see you next week. Thank you so much, Julian. Okay, there you have it. We left you with a cliffhanger. And I'm not going to tell you what happened. But God is so good. And what a story. You know, what's so crazy is that we re I relate so much to her story because it's a lot like mine. 
This is so awesome. You just wait. Part two is coming up. You don't want to miss it. And thank you guys so much for always joining us Saturday mornings to watch the journey. This has been an incredible experience, not just for me, the interviewer, or the people that are actually being interviewed, but for the viewers as well. Remember, we dig deep into testimonies. And the way you can help us make that happen is to go to healingjourneystoday.com and donate. Help us bring these shows to you so that that everyone that watches these shows can be set free by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Thank you so much.